Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Well, today we're going to be enjoying Family Sunday. Today's sermon is entitled Life Lessons 2019. Wow. Why? Because they're for today, okay? These life lessons you've probably heard before in some format. In fact, I try to share them about every three or four years in some way because I believe that we need to build our lives upon principles from God's Word. You know, uh, uh, some, uh, some few years ago, uh, I, I gave one of my grandchildren a Bible and they read through it. And when they read through it, they brought it back to me and they said, Listen, uh, do you have another one? I'm finished this one. <laughs> I had to really scramble to come up with a reason for them to read that one again. And again, and again, and again, and again. Because different than any other book, this Bible is the word of life. It's not just a one reading experience. It is a living testament. It, it not only has life and power in it, but it has the will of God that somehow explodes, unfolds, manifests, uh, it, it is illuminated in our hearts, in our minds as we read it and we hear it over and over. I believe in being reminded and reminding others about what the Word says. And so today, on our Family Sunday at Church on the Rock, we're going to share a few life principles. So welcome this morning to our Family Sunday. I'm so glad you are here. We're going to be going to, through a few scriptures. I don't know if you'll be able to follow along in your Bible as quickly as I go to them, but perhaps you can. Nonetheless, I'll have them on the overhead so that you can write them down, make reference, and make sure you go back and read them later. So without any further ado, whatever ado is, let's begin with these life lessons. I believe with all of my heart that, that life should be built on a firm foundation. The Bible says if you build on sand, your house is going to fall. But if you build on the rock, then when the storms come and, and the winds blow and the rains descend, your house will stand strong. He's talking about your life. You can also extrapolate that to include your family, to include your community, to include your nation and even the generation that you were born into. When we build on a solid foundation, we can expect our house to last, okay? When we build on sand, we can expect a storm. Storms are going to come. And when the storm comes, you're going to sit there afraid. Is this the time the house is going to fall? Because you know you didn't build it on a firm foundation. You know there are some cracks in the foundation. You know you're sitting on sand. You know you're vulnerable. You know that you're, that, that, that you're at, you know, at risk. You know you're exposed. I mean, come on. You know that feeling? I know that feeling. I know when storms come. I know what I'm looking at. Most of the time, I'm trying to go, oh, my goodness. I wish I had paid more attention to that before this storm came because I want my house to last. Well, 
Here are five principles this morning, five life lessons for 2019, five principles of life. Number one, these are the truth. This is the truth. What you say will be said. Okay? Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news there. But it is the truth. The Bible says that whatever you say will be said. Oh, I know that you think that, you know, you, I just told one person a secret. Well, once you tell a secret, it's not a secret anymore. You know? Here's what the Bible says in Luke, the 12th chapter, verse 3. In Luke 12, verse 3, Jesus says, Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have spoken in the ear in inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. It's just a principle. It's a principle that once you tell a secret, it's not a secret anymore. That anything that comes out of your mouth is apt to be repeated. It's important that we believe this and important that we teach our children and our children's children to be very cautious about what you say because what you say will be said. You know, for years I've taught that usually one person, every one tells one. That's just the way it works. I mean, you you have one that you probably tell. Everyone has one, okay? But by the time everyone tells one, well, I just told one person, yeah. By the time everyone tells one, everybody knows. Hello? That's the reality. It's rare when people don't tell someone what you just told them. It is rare. So don't be surprised when you hear someone repeat what you said. And it may not be repeated like you said it. You know, I say a lot. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I'm an opinionated person. Have y'all realized that I have? I mean, I, you know, and I, there are a few gifts that I have. I have the gift of opinion, okay? I have the gift of hindsight, okay? And I generally know what other people should do, okay? Those seem to be some of my greatest gifts. But... Uh, before I decided that I needed to do what David said in Psalms 141, verse 3, set a watchman up on my lips, O Lord, and keep the door of my mouth so that nothing that I don't want to get out gets out. <laughs> you know? Nothing that I don't want repeated gets out. Nothing that I shouldn't say is said. Until I learned that and started curbing my behavior and started being consciously concerned about things that I said being repeated, you know, I mean, it's, it, especially if you have a, a, you know, a smart TV or a smartphone or a, or a computer, you know, what you say is being listened to. You know, it's not just being repeated, it's being recorded, okay? So there was a saying around my house for years. Don't say, Ronnie said, Okay? Ronnie, don't say Ronnie said. I would say, look, whenever you say something, don't say Ronnie said that. Even if I did, please don't say Ronnie said because you probably aren't saying it like I said it and you may not be saying it with a voice inflection. And so then around the house, I started being teased by my in-laws and everybody else and they want to tease me. They'd say, Ronnie said, don't say Ronnie said. It became a joke, but the reality is our words are so powerful. They're powerful when you say them to yourself, but they're also powerful when they're released into the world. So uh, this truth should make us more cautious about the things we say. In James, the third chapter in verse 2, the Bible says that if we could control our tongues, we would also be able to control our whole body and control ourselves in every other way. 
The scriptures tell us that if a person offends others with their words, if you hurt people all the time by what you say, even if you don't mean it, the Bible says that perhaps your religion is in vain. Perhaps you are, are, are serving a worthless religion if your religion cannot help you curb your tongue. Solomon said that the reason that people are entrapped is because of the words of their mouth. In, in, in Proverbs 6 verse 2, you are snared with the words of your mouth. With the words of your lip, you are taken. Solomon also wrote that death and life are in the power of the tongue in Proverbs 18. God's word says that it's not what goes into our mouth that defiles us, but it's what comes out. And unfortunately, the Bible says that, that sweet and bitter often come out of our lives, and these things shouldn't be this way. Jesus said that he's taking account of every word that we speak. Now, it's important to realize words make a difference. God created the universe with words. He gave death and life into the power of our words. Our words do make a difference. And many times the things we say, we really would not want them repeated because they hurt people, because they discourage people, or because they reveal some attitude or opinion or some moment that we wish that we could recover. But you can't. Once they're out, they're out. It's important that we have a conscious consideration that Jesus said it's by our words that we will be justified and by our words we will be condemned. Evidently what we say is being recorded not only on planet earth but also in heaven for a playback someday. Don't be surprised when you hear what you have said played back. Okay? Because what you say will be said. Number two, first principle, what you say will be said. Number two, what you do will be found out. Whew, if we believe this, what would you quit today? <laughs> what you do will be found out. That's what the Bible says. In Luke, the 12th chapter, verse 2, Jesus said, For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. My goodness. There is nothing covered that will not be revealed. Nothing hidden. You can't keep things secret. What you say will be said and what you do will be found out. This is an important principle to remember. My goodness. And it's not just the bad stuff you do that will be found out, but also the good stuff. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 4, your heavenly Father who sees your charitable deeds done in secret will himself reward you openly. So here, we have the devil on the one hand trying to set you up so that he can pull the cover off you and make you look like a bad, ugly, mean, unforgiving, horrible, terrible, evil person. And we have God on the other side trying to set you up so that he can make you look like a benevolent, kind, wonderful, caring, forgiving, good, loving person. Which one of those are you going to give ammunition to? This is where our responsibility comes in. You know, the reality is, is that we're going to work with one of those. The power of sin is in the secret. Let me encourage you. When you shine a light in the darkness, the darkness will flee. Don't be afraid of the darkness. Shine a light. And don't be surprised when what you say is said and what you do is found out. I'm telling you today. Number three. 
Now you remember number one, right? What you say will be said. Number two, what you do will be found out. Number three, what you believe will be tested. Boy, this is a life principle. We need to build our lives on the principles realizing that God's Word tells us that whatever we believe will be tested. You believe God is a good God? There will be a test. Do you believe God heals? Do you believe God increases? Do you believe God blesses? Do you believe God watches over you? There will be a test. Whatever you believe will be tested. Jesus told us this story, this parable about a sower who went out to sow. And he sowed seed in different kinds of ground. And as the sower was sowing the seed, the ground responded in different ways. You see, God's Word, Jesus explained in Mark chapter 4, God's Word is that seed, and we are that ground. And each one of us is a type of ground. We receive the Word. There are different ways that people are receiving the Word this morning. It is a seed. It's God's precious seed going out, trying to find a place in your life, and you'll receive it differently. But this is something that Jesus said, that when you receive the Word of God, when a person hears the Word and receives it, immediately the devil will come like a bird trying to steal the seed out of your life. Immediately he comes for the Word's sake, trying to steal the Word before it takes root and before it begins to produce fruit. If you hear a word today on forgiveness, believe me, the devil wants to come and rob that word from you. He wants to make sure that you encounter a test, some type of hardship, persecution, some type of, some, you know, some uh, event in life or some thought or some person come up and rub you wrong and all of a sudden steal your joy and now you're not sure you want to forgive anymore. Get that word before it takes root. If we hear the word of God today on joy, let me tell you something. God wants you to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. God wants you to be happy. God wants you to, to, have, to have a good life, to have a good attitude. God wants you to feel good about his partnership with you. He wants you to feel like you and him can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God wants you to have joy for the journey. God wants you to have strength that comes with joy for whatever you're facing. You may not always can change what you're facing, but you can go through it with Jesus. You can go through it with hope of a better future. God wants you to have joy. But as soon as I tell you that, you know what's going to happen? Man, somebody reach out there and get a hold of it. Here comes a test. Why? Because the devil wants the word out of your life, not in your life. Jesus said in Mark 4 verse 15 that, that the devil cometh immediately to steal the word. You see, he doesn't want you growing. He doesn't want you doing better. He loses. You win. Mark 4, 17 says this. Jesus talking about that, 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 that seed that fell in a, in, in a life and it only found shallow ground. It didn't, it didn't get deep. They, the, the person didn't let it go down into the place where they go, my God, I'm convicted of my sin. To where they're no longer embarrassed about being like everybody else. And they just say, okay, now I'm going to change. 
Jesus said those that just receive the word in shallow ground, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. You ever had a change of life that didn't last long? You ever made a decision? You ever made a New Year's resolution that didn't last long? They fall away as soon as they have problems. As soon as the problem comes, joy goes. Trust in God goes. Peace goes. As soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word, the word just goes away. The devil wants to persecute you for believing God's word. You see, Jesus told his disciples that the word of God is like seed. And if you will let it go deep inside of you, and if you will hold on to it and wrestle and struggle with those tests of life, with those things that want to come and take it, it will in its own self, the Bible says, we don't know how. We might go to sleep and wake up and go to sleep and wake up. We don't know how. But the word begins to produce in our life. It will produce a blade, an ear, a full corn in the ear, 30, 60, 100 fold. All of a sudden, we have fruit in our life and we're growing joy and things out there may not have changed but things in here did and there's something new and when there's something on the inside that changed let me tell you that's another thing in a minute today God is going to give you a special seed it might fall on top of your head like ding and bounce off and hit the floor you know you may be closed minded closed hearted and you're just waiting on me to close Or it might get into your head. And as long as you're not tested or persecuted, it'll probably be okay. Or it might get down into your heart. You might get in and you might say, oh my word, that is, that's, that's going to be life. I'm going to take that. that that's that's going to work for me. I'm going to hold on to that. But for certain, you're leaving here headed for a test. There will be a test. Pass the test. It's an open book test. For goodness sake, open the book. It's an open book test. You know, shout out to a friend. His name is Jesus. Hey, call upon the teacher. Call the teacher, the guide, the Holy Spirit. He will give you the answers. The guy that wrote the book will give you the answers to every test. Okay, number four. Y'all remember the first three? What you say will be said. What you do will be found out. What you believe will be tested. And number four. (laughs) Ooh. What you compromise to keep, you will lose. It's just a principle from God's word. What you compromise to keep, you will lose. You see, we're not going to live life without temptations. And I really hesitate to pick on this same culprit every time, but let me pick on him one more time. Income tax. Don't tell me that you'll sell your integrity for $12 more on a return. Oh, I know, no, I got 308 more this year. And all I had to do was lie. There are five basic motivations of life, five things that people want. One of these five will be dominant. Two of them will be really present. And then the other three, there's love, sex, money, power, position. Those are the things that people want. Love, sex, money, power, position. Those are the things that people compromise for. Love, sex, money, power, position. 
Those are the things that the devil wants to tempt you with. Love, sex, money, power, position. Trying to get you to move off of your integrity. Trying to get you to compromise your integrity. But do you know that those are the very same things that God promises you and wants to give you abundantly? Love, sex, money, power, position. God wants to bless you with these things. He's made a way for you to be totally and completely blessed by him. Just like he said to Jesus. The devil will say to you, there's a shortcut, there's a quick way, there's something you can do to get what you want right now and you don't have to go through any trouble. Here, Jesus, look at all these kingdoms. You can have a crown without a cross. And Jesus said, no, there's nothing that you can give me that my heavenly Father has not already promised me and there's nothing that you can, oh, come on, Jesus. All you have to do is just bow your knee. All you have to do is just worship me. All you have to do is just compromise. That's what it means to bow your knee. All you got to do is bow down and worship me and I'll give you everything you want. Everything you deserve, everything you're working for, everything your heart desires. What you compromise to keep, you lose. Mark the 8th chapter, verse 35, Jesus said it like this. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. If you're trying to, you know, build your own life and, and save your own life, you're looking in the wrong place. What you need to be looking for is a place where you can lose your life. You need to lose your life and let him live through you. That'll make you the best father. That'll make you the best mother. That'll make you the, 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 the best grandmother, best grandfather. It'll make you the best husband, the best wife. It'll make you the best friend. It'll make you the best worker, the best co-worker, the best boss. It'll make you the best employee. Whenever you realize that when you give up, you win. Serving Christ in every area and aspect of life. There are no new temptations do you know that the same sins that ruled your old life want to rule your new one? There are no new sins. The same sins that ruled your old life want to rule your new one. Now, you got born again. Boom. Happened, okay? Me, okay? I don't know why, but I was born an angry person. I was given a spirit of short fuse along with that opinionated thing. Okay. I know that most of you know that. And so whenever I came to Christ, I got born again. But I woke up the next morning in the same body, with the same memories, with the same upset feelings when people did me wrong. First thing I wanted to do was fight. I needed a new life manager. Because I realized, even after, you know, all these years, I realized that I need a life coach. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. Do you know, because I have been unable to change who I am, I have had to get Jesus Christ to help me manage who I am. And he does. And as long as I keep him in there as my cheerleader and his word, renewing my mind and, and my life right with him, do you know that I find myself walking on cloud nine? But you let me get a little bit away from him. You let me lose my partner. You let me just walk off by myself somewhere and all of a sudden something will happen and I'll go <laughs> ugly just come out of you. It tries to. 
Because I know what I say be said. I know what I do will be found out. And I know what I believe is being tested. I believe that I have a new nature. I've been born again. The old man passed away. All things become new. All things are of God who has reconciled me to Christ Jesus. Uh, yeah, I understand that. I also understand Romans 7 that the apostle Paul said that there is within me two natures. I find a law, he says, that when I would do good, evil is present with me. So that the very things I want to do are the things I don't want to do. And the things I don't want to do are the very things I do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Who's going to deliver me from this continual struggle? Because I am in this world, but I am not of this world. But yet, I must crucify my flesh daily. I must renew my mind, and I must offer my soul upon an altar to Christ. I have got to make my body a living sacrifice to God. And that takes work. It takes dedication. It's an everyday thing. But what greater thing can I do? What greater thing can I offer to my Savior who bore my sin in his own body on the tree and buried it so that I might live eternally? It's my responsibility. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? The Apostle Paul said in Romans 7, I thank the Lord Christ Jesus. It's Jesus who is my life coach, who helps me to manage who I am. You're probably not like me. You may be consumed with the spirit of gossip. You need Jesus as a life coach. Because you probably were gossiping before you got saved and you didn't stop when you got saved. Oh, you might have for a little while. Oh, this is good stuff. What you say will be said, what you do will be found out, what you believe will be tested, what you compromise to keep, you will lose. You see, we must establish principles before we encounter problems. And the principles say, no, I'm not going to cheat and I'm not going to lie. And that way, when, when, when the opportunity presents itself, you've already made that decision. I made that decision. Because opportunities present themselves as issues. You know, now uh, when I get an opportunity to be really angry and, and want to, you know, say something, you know, stronger than I should or, you know, or act out in some way, I've learned to really consider it, really, really consider it because I've already said to myself, soul, you cannot act like that anymore. So based upon a committed decision, the issues don't have the strength that they had. And since I know that I've had that problem, I've had to go to the Word of God and cover myself with His Word and renew my mind and build myself up in my faith and pray over myself constantly. What, what areas of life do you need to pray for you in? What areas of life do you need to search the Word of God for? Do that. And don't let situations cause you to compromise. Okay, established principles, okay? Number five, the last one. You ready? Okay, let's, let's go with the first one. So there's got to be at least one here for you today, okay? You know, what you say will be said, what you do will be found out, what you believe will be tested, what you compromise to keep you lose. And number five, nothing changes till something changes. Okay? Believe me. <laughs> If you have been going around and around and around that tree, around and around and around that mountain, you know, 
<laughs> You're just going to keep going around it. Okay? <laughs> Until something changes. Thank God for change. Nothing changes until something changes. You see, life can just be a rut. And a rut is nothing but a grave you just get to go around, around, around in. What needs to change? Well, geographical cures don't work. A part of my problem in life and problems, multiple problems in life, if you have some time, we can sit down and if you have a place I can lay down and talk. And uh, <laughs> Lord knows I need it. I can tell you that being born and raised in an alcoholic family, let me tell you about my third grade year. I went to school in Fort Worth, in Lubbock, in Oklahoma City, in Texarkana, and then moved that summer uh, out to Sims. Why? Because my daddy believed in geographical cures. Because he drank so much, it'd take him about 90 days to ruin that job. We'd get another one. And we'd pack up and drive to another city. You know what happened? He'd drink enough there that he'd ruin that job. You know what? We'd drive to another city. We'd live in another city. You know what? He'd drink enough right there that it would ruin that one. And we'd just load up and drive to another city. Do you know what city? Do you know how many cities I lived in as a little kid? I just told you about my third grade year. Whoa. Geographical cures don't work. Okay? There is no greener grass. If the house beside you has a well-manicured yard and the house is painted and, and, and the landscaping is all beautiful, you know, and yours looks like a pig pen, please don't buy their house. There'll be two houses on that street we're ashamed of. Because you're just going to keep doing the same thing. Yesterday's bus brings you right back here. Nothing changes till something changes. And what needs to change is on the inside of you, not the outside of you. Okay? In reality, you do need a life manager. His name is Jesus. As we prepare to close, number one... I'm going to encourage you today to just make a decision. And if you get it 80% right, great. Okay, it's a good day. Let me throw this out there. An 80% day is a good day. Providing we're not talking about murder. Okay, <laughs> or adultery or something like that, okay. All right. But an 80% day is a good day. Boy, whew, man, whew, yeah. Glory to God. <laughs> when I go to bed at night and I've had an 80% day, I am pretty happy. You know, because I've had some 30% days, 20% days, 10% days. Now, hopefully I'll get to 100%, but man, whew, days will have to last a little bit longer because there's just too much to repent of. But here's the deal. I'm going to ask you to find one of these things and decide you're going to do it. Number one, because of the word of God and the principles that God needs from us and wants from us. Number one, you know, uh, just make it a habit to always say good things about other people. If you can't say something good about somebody else, don't say nothing at all. Why? Because what you say will be said and not in the kindest of ways. Number two, choose to do things you're proud of 
and that you'd be proud if other people knew about them. And then let God tell about those good things. And if you happen to do something that you don't want nobody else to know about it, get on your knees and pray and ask God, please, 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 Lord. But just don't do things that you don't want people to know about. Do things that you're proud of. Be kind and benevolent. Go the extra mile. You know, pick up your socks. <laughs> Number three, hold on to your faith concerning God. Okay? And concerning others. Hold on to your faith. Don't let the devil, don't let a test rob you of your trust in God and your trust in other people. There are going to be some bumps along the way. There's going to be some disappointments. Whether you're looking to God for help or looking for the security that we find in other people, friends, family, co-workers, don't let one tragedy make everything else sour. Hold on to your faith as long as you can. And then refuse to compromise your integrity for a short-term gain. Okay. That $308, it'll be gone so quickly. And your integrity will be too. Don't compromise. And number four, realize that the outside won't change the inside. Changing the outside won't change the inside. If you need change, and we all do, what needs to change is in here. Submit your life to the Word of God. Amen.